Episode 11 of Popped Culture, and this one, folks, is titled Nightmare on Monroe Street. <laughs> we uh, welcome you. Hold it. I can't let that one slide. Okay. More baritone. Finish with a higher note as you go. Oh. <laughs> Cut off about three seconds of that. I'll edit that, yes. Edit that one down. You should be right, right on that. <laughs> oh no! See now, yeah. there we go. Bob's got it. Bob's yep. got it. Yep, yep. And uh, but th- thank you, Bob. And uh, <laughs> welcome back, everyone, uh, to the uh, to the uh, four gentlemen of a certain age that sit on the porch and just reminisce. And we unfortunately are down to three. Um, and uh, Nightmare on Monroe Street has taken the first victim. I guess yes. I don't know. We love you, Ron. Yep, we love you, Ron. He's still with us. Still with us. Um, <laughs> but uh, Inside joke. Yeah, inside joke. But go to the other podcast that we do, if you do that one, The Art and Business of Community Theater. I'll plug it right there, right, right at the beginning. Always like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we're going to, um, and this is the first of two episodes for October. We're going bi-monthly. Yep, bi-monthly. And I had to think about that. And uh, so uh, we've decided to... Um, do uh, Halloween stuff since it's October for both episodes. And, of course, the first episode that we're doing is going to be, um, we're going to talk movies and, and uh, uh, horror movies and, and scary stuff like that uh, throughout the, the decades. Um, and I just want to say, uh, before we introduce ourselves, I have to say this. It's all for you, Damien. All right, and that's the last. That's the last one I had. It's I had the, they're here, and it's all for you, Damien. That's that's the two. Two. I had. You had two. I had two. Two quotes. Two. Well, I had a quote from The Exorcist, but I think we would get banned if I used that quote from okay. The Exorcist. So I don't want to use that one. It has to do with your mother or something, but we'll just cut it right there. We'll stop. Anyway, let me introduce or let them <coughs> introduce themselves. Um, uh, these two of the three gentlemen. Uh, first off, I have my very own personal Dracula of the group, also known as Andy's off. <laughs> but your name is. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. You caught me with my fangs in the Everdent. This stuff really works, you know. (laughs) Normally you got there right on top of the denture and you just scrub it right there and you scrub and you scrub and you scrub and the crest, it just doesn't work as good. But the Pepsodent, she works good. (laughs) Robert Yeoman. Robert Yeoman, thank you, Bob. I gave him Dracula because he he looks great in a cape. Well, I can tell you, Bob is quite the fan of Dracula. 
Uh, is he? At least he was in elementary school, and that's where his cape love comes from. <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought it was Batman, but it's Dracula. No, it's always Dracula. No, it's, uh, it's always been Dracula. Always On been the Russell. day that we moved from Wauseon, Ohio, to Petersburg, Michigan, mm-hmm. there's a section in the Toledo Blade called the Peach Section, yep, which, I is remember a, that. which is entertainment news and articles about you know hollywood and that sort of thing mm-hmm. and the day that we left the thing that was on the peach section was the mystery of dracula Ooh. which because it was talking about the re in resurgence of the vampire with barnabas collins oh yes dark shadows and how it was directly related to the majesty of dracula and also, also go to Transylvania and do the two-step. Oh. oh. That's how the Dracula thing has started. Well, I remember Bob had to get home every day to watch Dark Shadows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom used to watch it. I watched it with her, but I didn't under, I, I wasn't into that. I Now I watch the reruns. I love them. But, um, yeah. Well, and to my right is my very own Dr. Frankenstein. Oh, I got to be the doctor, not the monster. Also, yeah, I, I was going back and forth. Also known as David War. Yep, and the one we're missing, who I originally had uh, put um, as our own Wolfman because he's got more <laughs> hair than all of us put together. <laughs> yeah, um, is uh, was Ron, um, but instead I'm switching it up. I'll I'll be our Wolfman for this horrific show and uh, horrific show, and uh, we'll give him the Invisible Man. Oh. oh, there we go. How appropriate. Yeah, I thought so, too. Feel the love. Anyway, before we start, gentlemen, it is a, an episode of treats, because that's what Halloween is about. And I thought of you guys, and I will be bringing yours. By now, you probably have it, Ron, when you're listening to this, because I'll bring it to rehearsal tomorrow. But I got you guys a little something, because I was been listening to uh, some of our old podcasts, and what is the one thing that everybody seems to be stuck on? Cereal. Cereal. So, Mr. Yeoman, I got you a box of uh, Frankenberry. Huge box. Well, yeah. I, yeah. It's family size. It is a family size. And marshmallows. What is he supposed to be? I don't know, but but uh, there's yours. Um, Ron, I got uh, Count Chocula, because I know he loves Count Chocula. And, uh, David, I got you the Halloween Crunch. Ghost turned uh, milk green. So I don't know if you've ever had that or not. No, I have not. So I was tempted at the store the other day. It's like, ooh, green milk. Yeah, everybody yeah. have to try this tonight. It's, it's not Luke Skywalker blue, but it, it is green. So, um, and then uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys know what you're, this time, folks, if you if you've uh, if you've been following us, we like to do a quiz at the end. And uh, I thought for our um, holiday episode, we were going to actually keep score, and somebody is going to win at the end of this. Late of hand, the new cereal, oh. which is called Carmilla Carmilla Creeper, which is right along the lines of the the Frankenberry, the yeah. Booberry, what, and what faux flavor is it supposed to be? It are it are a caramel apple cereal. Uh, but let's well, thank you. Thank you very well, much. You're welcome. I, like I said, I am. Uh, you know, we got to keep that cereal tradition going. Um, before we start talking about horror movies and and uh, past and and that, I got to tell you guys, I finally finished um, 
what we do in the shadows. Oh, okay. But <laughs> I absolutely love that show. Yeah. And I loved it so much now that once it was over, because there were five seasons, once it was over, and I love the way it ended, actually, because it was just kind of a, and we're all back to where we were, blah, blah, blah. Oh, spoilers. Sorry. Sorry. But um, uh, I went back and started watching it again because I didn't pay that much attention to the first season because I was trying to get into it, but I wasn't. And of course, you know, I'm I'm on my iPad half the time when I'm trying to watch a show, so I'm not paying attention. And... um, Season one was a lot funnier. Once I understood these characters, going back and rewatching it made more sense. Made more sense. It's hilarious. It, it is a very funny. And I thought Guillermo was the one who interested me by the time season three hit. But by the time I was at the end of it, I was totally into Laszlo. Mm-hmm. I really think he was hilarious uh, in that. Well, and and for those who haven't watched the latest season, again, spoiler. Laszlo kind of takes on a Grandpa Munster vibe. Yes. Because he's not only a vampire, but he takes on this mad scientist I, yes. I, I, identity as well. And all I kept thinking was, it's Grandpa Munster. <laughs> what, what's, who's not Grandpa Munster? Sam Dracula, a.k.a. Grandpa Munster, but he was not a monster. He was a Dracula. Right, right. But yeah. For those of us who are purists. <laughs> <laughs> and there ain't nobody pure about the Munsters than Mr. War. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um but yeah, it's not Rob Zombie. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, what a train wreck! We'll just sell oh. cereal. That's how we'll make our money back. <laughs> and I was—I also didn't realize because I didn't—I um, didn't notice them until around season three or four. And it's actually this gentleman, Doug Jones, um, got me to the point where I was this like, "Gentleman, oh, Doug Jones, uh, the genius character actor, who's, yeah, from who's Discovery and uh, and Discovery and uh, uh, was." Buffy, he was in... Uh, Silver Surfer, Buffy. <sighs> Shoot, guy with the horns. Oh, Hellboy. Uh, Hellboy. Hellboy. Yeah, he played the amphibian guy. Abe, and I can't, Hellboy. Abe, Abe, Abe Simeon. Yes. Yeah. And uh, now he's he's done a lot of stuff. He was at the Monroe Pop Con, or whatever we call yes. it now, the Comic Con a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go see him because he's a, he also knows one of our friends, a mutual friend of ours who's in Hollywood, and it's like, oh... Really? Yeah. Really? Well, interesting story about nice that. Guy. He's a friend of Chris Showerman knows him. Yeah. An interesting nice guy. Oh, very nice guy. Uh, back in the, Indian. well, let's see. Can I you see this one? Oh, excuse me, this weekend that we're recording. Two thousand. Back in the early 2000s, I, w- I was, or mid-2000s, I was, um, I worked on a website with a, another couple guys called The Outhouse. And it was basically comic books and, and movies and that sort of thing. And um, we were able to get passes for the Chicago Comic Con one year, mm-hmm. and we were able to get um, uh, sign up for to, to get some of these celebrities that we could interview, and then we wrote out the interviews and and you know put them on our site. And Doug Jones was one that I got to do, so I got oh, to sit down and talk excited. to Doug Jones. Oh, nice. He was like you said, Bob. He is one of the absolute nicest guys I have ever met. He is what six foot six. He's tall. He's tall and weighs about twelve pounds. And, yeah, and I guess he yeah. got into. I heard an interview with him, and if I remember correctly, he got into it through mime, mm-hmm. and because of his oh yeah, because he's rather so unusual spindly. physique, yeah. he he kind of fell into this character acting for people who have to be in costumes that don't look quite human. Right, right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and it makes sense. Um, it makes because sense. they could put all this padding around him. Right. 
and so essentially he's an internal marionette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is, but um, uh, just a great. And so I knew Doug Jones. I noticed him about season three. Then come to, when I went to re start rewatching it just the other day, he's in the very first episode. Mm-hmm. The, and I didn't know that because he's the one. That, oh, he's the Baron. Yeah, yeah. He's the one that gets a little fried there. Yeah. For, no, he's the Baron. But yeah, yeah. Ghost. But I, I love him, and, and Bob hates Discovery. But I, I think uh, oh, I Jones think, is great in Discovery. I think he's the best part of Discovery. Yeah. I, I, that I really I'll do. give you. Yeah. Anyway, gentlemen, vampires. Let's start at the beginning. Start at the very beginning. Nostradamus. Oh, I almost said Nostradamus. Nosferatu. Anybody ever see that? Yeah, I have never. I've seen clips from, it, but I've never actually watched the there are three the, the, the earliest film. Yeah, I'm talking the 1920. Yeah, that would be. But there's one in 1917 oh. where the Bram Stoker's wife mm-hmm. sued to stop Nosferatu. Oh. oh, I did read that because just, that was her only livelihood at that time was the royalties from the play. Oh yeah, yeah. and they made the movie, and, and the. It, the lineage still actively pursues copyright infringement hmm. because they still had the copyright on the universal version of it too really so universal did it for like oh 50 years who's gonna watch this again in 50 years yeah well well surprise classic. yeah and and did they not shoot one of these one of these versions of nosferatu didn't they shoot Dracula on the same set with Bella Lugosi? Or am I misremembering that? You're misremembering. What you're talking about is actually the Spanish version. Oh, they did the Spanish version of Dracula at the same time. And that was, as soon as they wrapped for the night, the American version left the set. The Mexican version takes over the set. Got it. And it's actually much better. Mm -hmm. If, If you understand Spanish. Well, it's not that. It was it was the cinematography was different. Oh, no. The lighting was different. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I couldn't understand what they were saying, but it looked better. They didn't have closed caption back then. No. They probably do now, though. We do now, yeah. Yeah, yeah I would think yeah. you could. That's how I've seen all of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because I know well, and then we go from Nosferatu, which some say was the first of, of that genre in the movies, to a little-known company... That wasn't doing as well, movie movie production company. It wasn't doing as well as some of the others, and uh, who uh, called Universal, mm-hmm. who finally grabbed their niche, their piece of pie, with all the classics: Dracula, Frankenstein. Um, yeah, they became came known for their monsters. Yeah, I in fact I wrote <laughs> down a few of them here. Uh, uh, you know, you've got Phantom of the Opera was one of the first early ones. Uh, again, a cape. Uh, Dracula, Frankenstein, uh, Frankenstein's Monster, Mummy's Tomb, Wolfman, Invisible Man, uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorites. Um, Creature from the Black Lagoon, which had a very young Clint Eastwood in it. And and that is a very short movie, too, it is. by the way. It's like an hour 15, if I remember correctly. Well, he can only be underwater yeah. for about three minutes at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was also, and I think we talked about, I mentioned this in another podcast, he was one of the creators of Flipper, too. The guy that played the sure, creature. Sure. Like was and also he yeah. has several pat, pat, patents for his scuba gear alterations that he made during the film went on to the Navy 
and they took a, a part and took several of the key points of the engineering of that back with them. Really? Yeah, the wow. guy that actually played, there were I think there were three actors. Mm-hmm. One was the real diver mm-hmm. who did all the dangerous stunts. Then there was the one on land, and then there was the one just swimming at the surface level. Huh. Wow. Okay. But he's a very interesting guy to mm-hmm. read the articles. Yeah. And there are a ton of articles about it. I bet. Forgot Dracula's daughter. You know what? Um, yeah, I didn't have that on that well, list. I have it in another then list. Then you got the whole list of Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, they, they, they I just that. listed a he few. You say Bride. But I'm saying, yeah, you had a whole bunch of the spinoffs of all those movies. Oh, yeah. And, and, they, and they came and they created such amazing... Or they... Uh, the actors that came out of those, Lon Chaney, Lon Chaney Jr., Boris, Car- Boris Karloff, also known as uh, Jonathan Brewster for some of you out there. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, Claude Rains and Bella Lugosi, um, just amazing, amazing uh, actors and, and legends. Um, I was watching, I rewatched the Bella Lugosi Dracula the other day, and uh, it hit me. As I was watching it, because I didn't think I'd seen it before, but I had. So I'm watching it, and there's, there's the first confrontation between Dracula and Van Helsing, mm-hmm. and they're intense, and it's, you know, they're back and forth. And I kept thinking, why am I not getting the feeling of intensity here? And it dawned on me, we are conditioned by music scores. Yeah, absolutely. And there were no music scores back then, so it was just the dialogue and in, in, in almost a play form, uh, in, I guess. You mm-hmm. know, because they didn't. I find that fascinating. Yeah, and it, it, and I agree with you, especially when we go back and look at some of these without those scores, they feel they're almost silent. Yeah. Because today in every movie, there's music constantly. Yeah. You yeah. know, when you when you get down, not I guess maybe not every. I, I almost like every movie. Um, there's, movie, there's always yeah, something yes. something underlying to help you along with here's the emotion you should be feeling. Yeah, and, and even and during the they had these periods of silence, the si- the silent movie, quote unquote. You still had the the piano pianist, the organist pumping up the movie. So the do 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 do. All the yeah. minor key was by it's just their just so orchestra. Key. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And, and also too, I think we have to remember that that time the. Movies moved a little slower. Oh, yes. And then the cinematography you talk about, you know, nowadays you watch a movie, you're watching mostly faces. Yeah. Um, there's so much, you know, close up of the face, close up of the face. It's like, unless it's like a Marvel movie, in which case then we need the giant battle shot that you can't take everything in. Right, right. Lord of the Rings is that way. But, you know, these are things where you had Dracula making his entrance on that grand staircase. Sure. You know, you saw the staircase, you saw Dracula, he comes down. It wasn't just like, I'm here, and, you know, the the eyes. Same with uh, Frankenstein. You'd see him, you see the doctor coming down the stairs in the big lab, and you see, you know, the whole the whole underground lab there, yeah. you know, with but uh, nowadays, all the machinery. If you try to think how a director would re-envision some of this stuff, you know, there'd be a lot more close-up work. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Even and this thing I was doing with my hands that the audience can't see uh, was, <laughs> you know, when the monster comes to life, it's not going to be this arm coming up. It's going to be this a little tingle kind of. And, right, you just see, you're the gonna see the finger move. And, then, uh, and Frankenstein you know. also had the weirdest shot in it. As if you, if you remember when it, it, the Frankenstein monster was originally show, shown, mm-hmm. 
he starts off with his back to the camera and slides like moonwalks backwards to get to the landing start. And then can check it out when you go home tonight. Look for that scene. And it's basically, he opens the door with his foot, slides down, cut, and then cut again, starts back up again. Mm-hmm. After he's already on the landing, mm-hmm. down by the machine. Oh, so it's like I didn't know. you couldn't do that in real life, and it's like no, it's called a film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. But well, that that's... was one of those. Oh yeah, because that scared the bejesus out of everybody. Not bad. Almost as bad as uh, the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, the Lon Chaney version of that. <laughs> I, you know, I have to admit, when it comes to all those monsters, uh, the one. I personally was the least interested in was Frankenstein. Hmm. I was not a big really? fan. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Frankenstein. I, I don't know why. Until a little-known director named Mel Brooks. <laughs> walk this way. Walk this way. If I could walk that way. Um, Put the candle back. <laughs> Whatever happened to that Mel Brooks guy anyway? I don't know. He didn't. I don't know that he, he had really a went brilliant far. career ahead of him. He did. He did. And he shows up in uh, 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 what we do in the shadows. Yes. Which I just no. Yeah, that's what he showed up in, right? What we do in the. What did I? No, what did we just no, see him in? No, we just saw him in. Uh, he was in Mur- only murders. Only in the murders building. in the building. I apologize. Oh. I'm, I'm confused. But he does show. He's he's that man is still around. Um, but that really is the only. Frankenstein movie I've ever truly enjoyed. Yeah. On the Ritz. Yeah. yeah. On the Ritz. <laughs> um, so the, many great lines. Well, my, and, and just the, the humor of it. It's like, oh, I've created life. He can't dance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Toss it away. It's like, okay. Nurse, elevate me. Yeah. Here, doctor. <laughs> roll, roll, roll in the head. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all in the movie. It's legal. <laughs> yes, what, yes. What I think it's interesting too, um, with Frankenstein, of course, is everyone thinks that the name Frankenstein refers to the monster, but it refers to the doctor, right? Um, it, it, and the other side is how different it is from the book. Oh and, yeah. Um, even in Dracula, the same thing is like, man, they they took a lot of liberties with the source material, but that's those are the images and the stories that have ingrained themselves into popular culture oh, yeah. um you know go read the books folks <laughs> it's a whole you know, different, a different story. story if you yeah. don't want to read the books there's another version you can take a look at from the 1970s called the hammer horror cycle where they had hammer the uh movies made this is made over in england at the pinewood studios mm-hmm where the whole point of their version of Frankenstein monster was the doctor himself was actually a monster. Yes. Hmm. And so he he basically killed people just for the parts and stuff. But where Clive Revel was sorrowful about having to do it, but it was to preserve science. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Peter Cushing as Frankenstein mm-hmm. raped women. Oh. Killed children. Oh. He was a monster. Yeah. yeah. With no remorse over what he had done. Wow. I don't know if I've ever seen those. I don't think I have. 
But, yeah. but hope you hope red is not a trigger. No. But, but I think I'm going to have to go back and read the, you know, Bram Stoker's Dracula and yeah. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein just to refresh my memory on it because, you know, the monster in, in, in the original novel was talked. Yeah. You know, he was, he was grotesque in his stature, but he was still a thinking, to... he was a thinking being. Right. And of course, in Universal, it's like he can't talk. He's just like a yeah. big dumb brute. Does anybody remember? Frankenstein having that big vest and his arms are spread out. Oh, yes. Remember that image? Yeah. Do you know why his arms were like that? Mm-mm. Probably couldn't put, his, couldn't put him down because of the padding. No, <laughs> because the first script they had, they blinded the Frankenstein monster. Oh, so he's trying to feel his way. Oh. And the reason for that vest was the, he? It was a wolf that he killed, oh, and put it on his wolf. That one I'm not three hundred percent sure of. Okay, the other part only one hundred fifty. Yeah, All right. Well, and <laughs> I don't know if I'm free to talk about the monsters at this point, uh. but what I did, <laughs> the Rob Zombie, that was one of the images I did like that he had in his movie was Herman wearing that that fur vest kind oh, of thing. Sonny Bono look. It, yeah, he turned yeah. into that, but it was kind of thing where it's like, yeah. But um, yeah. it's just, uh, okay, That's that was a nice nod. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to shoot up a little bit in time. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I was going to say, but what I didn't like about Rob Zombies, and Rob, I know you have a fabulous career. You, I, I will never make a movie myself. I, I would love to, but but you go back to the source material. I don't understand why they didn't let, I don't know if Universal just didn't let him use the name Frankenstein or what, because in the TV show, Herman is very clearly one of a line of monsters, and he was the success. Really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know in that. fact, at some point, uh, the great grandson of the doctor mm-hmm. um, comes into Herman because they found one, another one, wandering around in the in the Black Forest. Oh. I think it was Black Forest, somewhere in Journey, Bavaria. Yeah. And he says, "We'd like hope that you can cult, you know, give him some culture." And he's more like the original Frankenstein from the Universal. Really? I mean, it's still both Fred Gwynn playing the same because they all look alike. Right. Right. But yeah, he he was the, that whole bit. Um, but so it was clearly set up that Herman was was kind of the last. He was a success, whereas Rob Zombies made him the failure. It's like he started off wrong. It's like no, Herman was <laughs> was the right the one. fully functioning human being that the doctor wanted to create. He just didn't look like it. Yeah, yeah. That's huh. my that's my <laughs> diatribe for you. <laughs> you're, you're you're Rob Zombie. Now, Rob Zombie, I know, did make a couple of good movies somewhere. Well, he's, he's apparently a good horror director. Yeah, he so. is. Thousand actually, Maniacs he is. or something. Yeah. yeah. Though I almost think we kind of got a, a Thousand Maniacs or something like that, right? Yeah, that's yeah, what that's he did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I, I almost think we have to define horror because there's a difference between horror and monsters. Right. Yeah, because I wouldn't have put Phantom of the Opera as a horror show. But is it a monster? Just, I don't think so. It's a victim. I was. I was. That's what I was thinking. It's a tragedy, is what it is. And what they did to the, the story with the Andrew Lloyd Webber is another made tragedy. It lo- made it a romance. Yeah. Well. Like, yeah. Well, anyways, that's my uh, own part. Well, Sorry. let's 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 move up a little bit. Okay. Let's uh, shoot up to. We're gonna uh, 
Finally, we get to talk about Twilight and the brilliance that was that. <laughs> the, we're not talking the Twilight. <laughs> that came from their eyes. That was every a true horror. Yeah, that was horror in its own in its own way. Seventeen fifty for a bucket of popcorn. <laughs> but it is interesting that you guys brought this up. That there are so many different versions of horror um, and and scary. Uh, mm-hmm. it, and that and I think it's progressed oddly throughout the decades to where it is now and to, honestly t- there are two types in my opinion most prevalent now and that is your ultra gore the slasher films the it, well I, 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 I think it goes past slasher because i loved slashers back in the 70s and the nightmares and the halloweens but when you get to the saw and oh, yeah. and all that it's it's, it's just gore it's porn for, it, that's basically it yeah. yeah and it's like i've never understood or i saw the first song that i was done yeah i didn't need to see yeah and my, and my husband loves them and i'm like i don't, get I don't know why you like those and then there's the other versions um the other version that i think i do enjoy which are the annabelle's and the insidious um which are more of what i enjoy and that's the jump scare mm-hmm. and the i nothing creeps me out more in a scary movie then someone in a haunted house or a house and they're walking down that hallway and you just see that little figure cross behind them. Yeah. I just, to yeah. me that, Ooh. yeah, yeah. That to me is that I love that more than any other kind of scary movie. Personally, yeah. that's my, well, and I, I got a story about jump scares. Mm-hmm. So paranormal activity. I loved that movie. First yeah. one. Loved it. First one. And it's going to be a spoiler here because I got to talk about the ending. Okay. So my nephew and I went to see this mm-hmm. and watching it, we get through the whole thing. And of course, there's that last moment where, oh, everything's wonderful. And we're, we're fine now. And it's like, no, no, we know the next jump is coming. Well, next to us <laughs> sat a lady of a certain, certain age. A certain size, let's say. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're and, getting in trouble for that. And, and um, um, in, in, I'll, I'll say, in, <laughs> I don't know, maybe dead this out. She was African American. Okay. And she right. acted, so there's that last jump. Right. Thing. She screamed so loud. <laughs> that we started laughing <laughs> because you know you it's like we were waiting for us we know it's here we know it's here but man it just got her <laughs> and it, it just was it kind of made the whole show because <laughs> you, know, you expect you to go running away but um so very stereotypical but, but it was like but, well but it was just so fun you know it was funny yeah and it just relieved the tension but so much tension it builds up because that the first paranormal activity i thought was well done it was very well but done. i'm a sucker for those kind of things too um yeah. uh, blair witch project bob hated i liked uh i liked it the first time around i don't think i could ever watch it again because once you get to the end and you get the gimmick yeah it, you're done yeah it's not other movies scary movies for me i can watch over and over that one it's like yeah. when well, i think some, some of the differences too i've been in the woods in the middle of the night oh me too with in strange noises yeah <laughs> it's like what the yeah. heck is that when i'd go camping with david's family they they camp up in the side of a mountain with no, I mean you know you you take a you take your toilet paper out to the woods with you. That's 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 yeah. you know and uh, oh yeah those night times. I mean it's it, in a way it's beautiful that you can see all the stars and all that. But once you crawl into your tent and go to bed and all of a sudden you're crunching and, <laughs> and it's like no. Yeah. Now now of course freaky. we live in an enlightened age and no one's just Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bro. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go back. Nothing to be oh. afraid of just an eight foot ape. 
<laughs> I think it's time to do our getting to know you questions. Hit the music, Tommy Newsom. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. Thank you, Tommy. And thank you, Julie. Why wasn't it getting to know you with Julie Andrews? It was. She was singing. Tommy was was doing the band. Oh, okay. Tommy's still around. I'm I'm lost in the technology. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. Well, they were in the other room anyway, so you really didn't see them. Um, I'm just getting this all through my my earpiece, I guess. Uh, anyway, hey, so Uhura. G- <laughs> uh, gentlemen, we're gonna take these one decade at a time. What I had asked you to, uh, to give me were your your uh, favorite scary movies. Uh, did I ask you for three from each or just one from each? I thought you just asked for one from. Okay, that's what I thought. I, that's all I wrote down. Oh, <laughs> I, I thought it was only from one era. So. No, so, 60s, 70s, and 80s, I said. Oh, I missed that. Oh, Lord, folks. Um, all right, well, you're going to have to bluff your way through this. I will. Let's. I know you will. I know you both can. Um, let's start with uh, 60s. Now, I'll tell you what. Let's go, let's go this route. I have a list. I looked up uh, some of the top scary movies by SlashFilm.coms for 60s, 70s, and 80s. So maybe this will help uh, with memory and, and your th- what Cause, you're Because I was ready with the 70s. Okay, well, we're going to start with the 60s. Now, let me read to you what their list was, the I, top five. I got mine. Okay. Uh, and then so and then we'll, we'll go around and, and uh, tell ours. I think that was 60s. So um, in, for, uh, according to SlashFilm.com, the top five scary movies of the 60s was, number five, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Oh, good choice. Oh, I love that movie. It's I watch it every queen extravaganza. It is. Four, The Birds. Good. Three, Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. See, I feel the same way, Bob. It's like, eh. I should like it. Yes. But I just, Mia Farrow just creeps me out. <laughs> and she wasn't supposed to be the scary part. Um... That was supposed to be Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Number two was Psycho. And number one was Night of the Living Dead. Classic. The original. Yes. They're coming for you, Barbara. Now, they also had on that list uh, Tales of Terror, Brides of Dracula, Village of the Damned, Eyes Without a Face, and The Haunting. Those were some of the more the, some of the more bigger ones in the '60s. So, if you had to choose uh, uh, one of those or any scary movie from the '60s uh, that you personally enjoyed the most, what would it, what would it be? So you not you can't use no 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 you can use whatever you want. I'm just trying to help you out here okay, by I appreciate that getting your memories going. Um, I'll I'll go first this. I normally go last. I'll I'll go first this time since I've caught you both off guard. For me, uh, the 60s movies, and I loved whatever. I mean, this this top five that these guys have are brilliant. They're, they are, to me, the they top five. They are the archetypes. Um, Rosemary's Baby is the only one that I never did like um, for some reason. It didn't bother. It didn't scare me. It didn't do anything. Uh, but my pick for a 60s horror scary movie was Psycho. It was just, I think, brilliantly made it was Albert Hitchcock's one of his ultimate masterpieces just the fact that you take the heroine and you kill her off in the middle of the movie uh and and then you have another extra you know and then the whole twist at the end and and let's face it um 
what's his name was just Perkins. Anthony Perkins. Anthony Perkins Anthony was Perkins. brilliantly creepy in that movie. Um, so that's my pick. Who wants to go next? I'll go Psycho. Psycho two? Yeah, definitely. Or not Psycho two, but Psycho. Yeah. Yeah, there was a psycho. Was there? There a was psycho? a Psycho two. Or yeah. A re- recreation, shot for shot. No, I think it was a Psycho two. Where Anthony gets out of the mental institute mm-hmm. and people go killing each other. Yeah, something okay. like that. But yeah, so Psycho for okay. you as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And of course it has that most iconic scene of the of the eat, well, eat, eat with the knife in the It's between shower. that or the birds because it, it's got to be Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. And I like Martin Balsam as the cop. Oh yes, yes! Fantastic job, as well as Perkins as his stand-in double hand puppet. Oh yes, I know. Dave, well, given that I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies in the '60s, oh, <laughs> yeah, but you've you've had to watch some as uh, I have older. As, as I got older, I'm going to have to go with my favorite monster movie was Monsters Go Home. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> My Some of those favorite races. horror movie I saw in the 60s, but it wasn't made in the 60s, is Bambi. <laughs> and we all know why. <sighs> yeah, that whole skinning scene. Um, but I think I'm, <laughs> Psycho, Psycho was brilliantly done. And frankly, it's the only, you know, I didn't like the, say, what, Baby Jane one? Whatever happened to Baby Jane? I didn't like that one. Why not? I don't know. Get out. <laughs> um, it just just didn't work for me. Um, oh, God, I, I mean, know. I watched it, um, but and, and maybe it wasn't but, horror, I'm, I'm, horror, but it's too well, divas. It, it was that too horror divas, suspense but, thing. It is a horror. Well, all um, that was just drummed up by the studio. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was. Um, Davis said something that Dick Cavett asked about or about you know the rivalry, but never happened. <laughs> but what really scared me was Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer because I was terrified of the Bumble. <laughs> Um, but that's a TV show. Um, so I, I'm going to go with Psycho too. Psycho, All right. Psycho, Psycho, Psycho as well. As well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's it's interesting because I would my second choice would have been Night of the Living Dead. Um, just because that's I don't like gross. Well, in Night of the Living well, Dead, you know, I don't mind gross and it, it it did change the zombie genre. It did forever. Yeah, it did. They can run now. Yeah, <laughs> well, and, <laughs> well, and and it really set up the stage for Walking Dead and stuff that we have oh, today. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, because before then, you know, zombies were voodoo. It really wasn't. You know, this was the first time the idea of a zombies somehow being a and zombie nobody, apocalypse, right? Living and dead, could sort of sue thing. them. Yeah. No, yeah. our our zombies run. Mm. Can't sue us. I will also say, I think sixties, um, the sixties is when we had to me, and and again, this is just my own. Um, my own thing. The three greatest. Once you got past Bella Lugosi and Lon Chaney Jr. and and those guys, then I think the second coming of horror actors was. You know where I'm going with this? I think so. Peter Cushing, Lee, Christopher, Christopher Lee, and Vincent Price. Yeah. Those those three were the masters of their craft when it came to that. I'll tell you what should have been the horror movie of the sixties. The Republican Doctor Strange Oh, what did you say? Nineteen sixty eight Republican Convention. Oh no, close, but Doctor Strange Love. Yeah, that is because it was about the horrors of potential horrors of nuclear war, and that's the one that really should have scared us all. Yeah, that that you know, pointing out the ineptness of our. 
of our, our bureaucrat, bureaucratic overlords. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but okay, we all went with Psycho. And by the way, folks, uh, if you've never seen the movie Psycho, definitely watch it. It is worth watching at yes. least once. Oh, if nothing else, for the cinematic value. And Hitchcock was a master. He was. Um, and if and then once you see Psycho, and I recommend The Birds as well because it had its own creepy factor. Um, oh yes, it, it was great. Uh, then the, the ending was weird. The ending was very weird. They did it right though because it should be weird. You should leave yeah. going disturbed. This could possibly. Yeah. It's not like okay, the Gilman is going to come out of Lake Erie and attack me. No, birds are getting pissed off going. The Gilman lives in Lake Huron. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> Summer home in um, Huron. But folks, uh, folks out there, if you've if, uh, Psycho, watch the birds, and then watch this little movie called Hangxiety. Again, by Mel Brooks. <laughs> and you'll love it. And you'll love that movie. As long as you, you can watch it. The, 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 the poor regulating. I can say regulating right now. <laughs> yes. There is a, and in fact, the shower scene that they recreate yep, with yep, Mel yep. Brooks oh, and, and Ron Carney, ah. I think it is. Yeah. He just lost his tip. <laughs> just, <laughs> just excellent. Anyway. All right. Well, let's skip uh, another 10 years. Um, and uh, let me read to you the uh, uh, 1970s uh, slash film.com uh, scary movies. Number five was Jaws. Oh. I, I guess it's more of a monster movie, honestly. It's in my a opinion. monster movie. That's a monster yeah. movie. Uh, number four was Halloween. Number three was The Exorcist. Number two was Alien. Oh. And. Their number one was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh. Now, now, also on that list was The Omen, one and two, which to me should have been on, for me, on the, one of the top five, in some of the top five. Phantasm, which my husband loves. Rocky Horror Picture Show. God bless him. Uh, yeah, but I just, I it's too campy for me, but okay. It's right Tuesday up there with night. Monsters Go Home. Right? Yeah, right. Um, it's Tuesday in Toledo. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Race Your Head, which I never saw. Mm. And uh, the uh, second version of uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers and then Carrie were some of the other uh, follow-ups on that. Yeah, I so. think the 70s were almost a golden age of that type, that whole genre of the the suspense, horror, slash, monster, slash, slasher, whatever film. Mm-hmm. I, I can't disagree Things with kind of that. blended together pretty well there. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I started with me last time. Your 1970s, if you had to choose one. Choose one, and it's my favorite, Mm -hmm. Rocky Horror. Okay. Gotta see that toast fly. (laughs) Let's have a toast. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Rocky Horror, Dr. Frankenfurter, I mean, Tim Curry. Which I think is one of the greatest entrances in movies. In movie history. Definitely. I, I, I do watch it every Halloween. With uh, you know, I I do a whole month of marathon movies that I'll just watch on mm-hmm. in Halloween, and that one is actually the one I watch uh, right around Halloween, just because I love that elevator coming down yeah. and the, the yeah. Well, yeah, I was made fun of in college because I went to Rocky Horror to watch the movie, <laughs> and everyone oh, else was going well, for the well, antics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. Um. So what's yours? <laughs> I, this is one I was ready for. Alien. Okay. Yeah, I remember seeing it. I was working at Cedar Point at the time. It was a Saturday or afternoon off. I went to see a matinee, a sparsely populated uh, 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 film, uh, 
movie theater. Uh-huh. Um, maybe ten of us in there, and I though we were all spread out at the beginning. I swear by the end we were all huddled together, <laughs> hanging on to each other for dear life. Alien really just was that wonderful melding of science fiction and the jump you know jump scare horror right um you know and, and this is something that you know cliche today but folks <laughs> when that little alien came bursting out of the chest yeah that was something we had not seen before yeah yeah <laughs> we ain't gonna forget it now <laughs> not yeah. gonna forget it i feel that way almost every night <laughs> uh, after eating too much pizza or something but it's, yeah. it's just like yeah it's that was just something my number two is actually legend of bogey creek which i thought i might okay. be able to do for the 60s but it was made in 72 okay. which was about bigfoot loosely about the bigfoot phenomenon but it, it, so it had enough of that hint of reality for me mm-hmm. um that some of the little vignettes ahead were to me scary hmm. okay and i don't think i've ever seen that i don't, uh, I don't think i've ever seen that one on Roku, you can get it oh yeah. okay yeah you, nowadays that's god that's what i love about streaming services you can pretty much find anything but, but that's probably only because of my fascination with bigfoot so okay. um, but but there's a couple scenes that it's crudely done mm-hmm. by today's standards and right you know right. It's, it's documentary a pseudo it's supposed to be a documentary but they they tried to play up the uh uh, it's history challenge yeah it's uh, uh, uh what i was gonna say the network. unsolved mysteries kind of yeah thing but people think that well there's a boggy creek monster yeah mine that's our theory is, and that's what we're sticking with i had a i had a trouble with the 70s because i agree with you the 70s there's a lot uh, but my two my, i i i was tied in the 70s for 70 movies i absolutely adore the original exorcist hmm. i loved that movie it scared the living daylights out of me and oh, i still watch it nation yeah yeah oh. every for a while it was all demon crazy yeah i mean a yeah. board game became a gateway to hell itself <laughs> yes no it's called it's going to take 20 bucks out of my pocket every six months or so for the next updated guide well i'll tell you what i've got I've gotten away with bringing a lot of stuff into uh, my home, and my husband, from day one, says, you'll never bring one of those boards into this house. Oh, a Ouija. Oh, yes. Yeah. I agree, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, we had an experience right. with that. Did you really? Yeah. 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 Um, I've never had one, and, and, and I've never played with one, and I, at my age, I don't want to at this point. Um, but my other one, uh, but I, I do. I love The Exorcist. I thought uh, it was just a great movie. You know one I'm surprised wasn't on your list, though, kind of along the lines of Exorcist? is Amityville Horror. Yes. 1979. Yeah. Um, there was a house when I was school in Ann Arbor that looked almost exactly like that place. Well, there's um, there's one over here on, uh, f- yeah. uh, not Front Street, the Elm Street. But but I'll tell you. That moon windows. But the, the way that clock um, kind of kept. kept getting bigger and bigger and filling up more and more of the screen mm-hmm. and just here comes the time you know it's redone masterfully again in groundhog day <laughs> I, yeah now i uh i did see the movie but i remember with that uh, uh by the time that came out i was i was the book came out i was uh sleeping a lot in the summer downstairs in the basement because it was cooler and we didn't have air conditioning and uh, i read that book mm-hmm. and of course it was promoted as this is a true story. Yes. So, um, and I remember it freaked me out big time to the point where there were a couple nights that I just, I put the book down and I grab my pillow and go back upstairs and go back, you know, it's like, uh, you know, but, um, no shame there. No, I know. Now the other movie, uh, that I tied it with was Halloween. 
Yeah. Um, I the first Halloween movie t- t- totally, and the story I have a story behind that one as well. I lived uh, and and these guys probably know what I'm talking about uh, Riverside Manor over mm-hmm. here, um, which out there in podcast land is basically your 1950s ranch style subdivision mm-hmm. with streets running all over the place in a in a its own elementary school pretty much right in the middle, and. Uh, Outside of the the neighborhood, we had a, a Riverside Cinemas, and a friend of mine, uh, David Leachman, and I went and saw this movie, and then we walked home, and it was a <laughs> 7 o'clock movie. So, you know, Halloween takes place in just a average- Normal. Normal, yeah. yeah, neighborhood, and uh, and of course it was. I'd have to say October, September, somewhere in there. It was enough that it was dark early. It was windy, and the leaves were all over the. <laughs> and uh, I do remember both of us, and we were in the old, slightly older age, you know, but we were still teenagers. Um, it, it was a very tense walk home because it was, you know, just creepy because that ending creeped us out as well. You know, they shoot him, he falls, he's dead. They go look again, he's gone. Piggybacking off yours, I went to see it was a double feature drive in theater. <laughs> um, it was Excalibur, good movie, and Halloween. Oh, Halloween was the first, mm-hmm. and then we had King Arthur. Mm-hmm. Watched. All the way through with um, Halloween, and there's four of us in the car. <laughs> somebody went to get popcorn. Yeah, somebody else had to go to the bathroom, and we literally all at one time went go together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Halloween was. Yeah, I thought that it first scared one scared the bejesus out of us. Absolutely, I remember walking around the last corner as we were getting towards my street, and uh, my friend just quietly started going. And I'm like, shut up. I I was never big on the slasher films per se. Mm -hmm. Um, Though that went through a period, I think, in my 20s where it's like, yeah, I even saw something like Happy Birthday to Me or something. It was, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of these takes on Halloween trying to recapture the magic. But the Halloween itself just grabbed me for some reason. I don't know if it was Mm -hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis or or what, but it's like William Shatner. I've I've followed the entire series. I have too. All the way up to the end. Yeah. um, Which which finally is like it's just a satisfying end. Yes, it was. It really was. I agree. I had something and it's gone. That's all right. Okay, Okay, sorry. Um, No. Sorry. Yeah, Um, because I never cared for like the Friday the 13th. Oh, see now. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, I didn't care for that one. But I I guess I'm very picky in my slasher movies. I liked the Halloweens. I liked the Friday the 13th. And I liked uh, the Nightmare on Elm Streets. Um, but after that, I never, I didn't have much interest in in them. But I thought the '80s, those '70s, between the '70s and the '80s, I thought that's when slasher films actually, to me, worked. Yeah. Well, like I say, they seemed for there was a slew of them for a while, and right. I think it was the success of Halloween that and Friday the Thirteenth that everyone tried to create their own. Right. And it just, right. you know. Some of them just got too slow. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, and even Halloween lost its way real quick with Seasons oh, of the Witch. Oh, yeah. And it's like, get back to get back to Jason. Yeah. Well, the, or Michael, not Jason, Michael. Uh, Michael. Yeah. The whole thing with that was it was supposed to be a series of anthology movies. That's what that yeah, they're trying. Very, very, very little 
to do with each other, mm-hmm. except that it's on Halloween. Yeah. And it was the stupidest plot I've ever heard of. It's almost as bad as Tarzan, Bo Derek's Tarzan. Well, well, let's not go too far here, Bob. No, I'll stand up for it. <laughs> All right. That's, that's your hill. Let's go to the 80s. All right. This oh, is what SlashFilm.com says were the top 80s, but they consider the top 80s scary movies. Five aliens. Oh, okay. See, I'm not sure that. Okay, go ahead. I agree. No, I to say it. To me, that's that's not it. They changed they changed the whole tone of Alien. Absolutely. From there, because original one was a jump scare. Second one became more of a. The survival story, action uh, adventure, action adventure, whatever. I agree. Now I Us thought it was just as good. Oh, I, I, Aliens is probably my favorite one of the whole yeah, me too. sequence or yeah. the whole franchise. Yeah, I, I do too. But I, I agree with you. I don't think they got this one right personally. Um, number four was the thing, which had Kurt Russell. So I don't care. Yeah. I'll watch anything with Kurt Russell. Yeah. Uh, number three, A Nightmare on Elm Street. No. When was the original thing done? Was that nineteen fifty? Is that fifties? So if you go back to fifties, the thing from outer space or whatever they called it, thing right. from another world. I think it's the thing from outer space. James Arness's, or was it just the thing? It was just the thing. Okay, well, I, I I like that one. And I haven't seen the. I never saw the original. It, it's very similar care. to the two. They basically uh-huh. changed from the North Pole to the South Pole. Okay. Uh, number three was a Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Number two, Little Shop of Horrors. Well, if you went with the original ending, sure. Yeah. But the movie was not but the original But that was also ending. a 60s movie, too. Oh, that's right. It was. Oh, yeah. With the great Jack Nicholson. I think it was 60s, maybe 70s. Right. No, you got it right. Okay. It was 60s. And uh, number one, Return of the Living Dead. Hmm. Now, some of this Is this? It's slasher.com. Oh, okay. Slashfilm.com. I'm sorry. Um, also on that list was, and some of these, I, I, a couple of these I would have thrown in the top five, but uh, Hellraiser, which had its own unique story mm-hmm. um the but fly garrick in it yes the fly which is a kind of an original another monster movie. monster movie monster <laughs> killer clowns from outer space i have that on dvd Do i you actually really? enjoy it. <laughs> it it's it's yeah it's so schlocky it's almost like uh attack so of the stupid. killer it's, tomatoes it's, 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 yeah yeah i agree i agree um Another one that they have listed, An American Werewolf in London. Oh. That's that's my favorite. Yeah, and that surprises me that they didn't have that in the top five because I thought that was a brilliant. Uh, the Shining <laughs> was on that list. Uh, the Evil Dead, which was the first of the Ash movies. And Shining usually makes it a lot higher on the list. I know. Uh, and then finally, Gremlins was in there too, which I always watch at Christmas time. So I, Gremlins, Gremlins to me wasn't... That's Gremlins 2 is the better of the... Because yeah, really? Gremlins wasn't scary. It was just... No, it was so monster. It was, the, well, it was monster-ish. I guess it's a monster-ish, but... Well, yeah. no, it had... Or bits of horror, because the whole story of her father... Yeah. The chimney. Okay. Yeah. I, I know, I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there were some horrific moments in it. And it... it, it but it... I guess for me, once you put Gizmo in there, not to be confused with Guillermo, but... Um, <laughs> Once you put Gizmo in there, you uh, changed it. it changed it. It was it was like eh, wasn't that a Chris Columbus yes. direction? Was it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, uh, so those were some of those movies. So let me ask you then: eighties. What what would be your 
top pick. Uh, I, uh, Dave, we'll start with you. Well, I, like I said, American Werewolf in London, I thought was pretty good. Um, you also in that same werewolf genre, I think we had uh, the Howling mm-hmm. in there too, because they were doing things with the werewolf effects that you just weren't seen before. Right. Um, but I really, the American Werewolf in London really creeped me out. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking when when you mentioned The Shining, you know, any number of Stephen King that started appearing on film at that time. Yeah. Um, but The Shining was quite a bit different. They made a lot of differences for the movie th- to the book. Right. But, you know, Nicholson's performance is hard to top. It is. It is. And, 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 and it's easier for me to watch before I knew what everything that happened with Shelley yeah. Duvall. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, when Nicholson goes nuts, he's, yeah, you know, there's nothing better than yeah. that. He knows how to do it. Rum. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Bob? Uh, aliens, multiple aliens. All right. Um, I picked because next to Halloween, it is my favorite slasher series, uh, nightmare on Elm street. I love Freddie. Um, I mean, I don't love Freddie, but, uh, the, the idea that a, a being a demon could get into your dreams and kill you in real life was to me just scary, very scary. So that would have been my pick. Um, but yeah. Uh, and again, the nightmare on Elm street series had to add its ups and downs. I will say though, if, and I don't know how many of these nightmare movies you guys have seen, but um, Nightmare uh, on an Elm Street number three, The Dream Warriors, is worth watching because it's campy. Um, it kind of goes into a campy mode. And uh, I kind of liked it. They went after Night- Freddy. So it's interesting, though, not once. Uh, what was the other big one? Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, and uh, oh, the, no one mentioned the Jason movies, which was the camp movies. The Friday, um, Friday 13th. Friday the 13th. Yeah, Friday the 13th. Yeah. I, I never... Those, Crystal Lake. Yep. And those were okay, but I wasn't always a huge fan of those. Mom needed the car. That's why she did the movie. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and, and we're running out of time. We could go on and on and on, uh, you know, uh, but I'm trying to keep... Since we're doing two a month now, I'm trying to keep this down to a more... Reasonable. Reasonable thing. And we still have to do the quiz. Really sorry you're not here, Ron, to fight for this this new cereal from General Mills, Brian, known as. Why are you holding it up to a non-existent? <laughs> I'm, I'm holding it up to the microphone <laughs> so that they can see it. And it, it doesn't work that way, Bob. We'll talk about real <laughs> and not real at a later date. Okay, well, well we'll put it up there. All right, so I'm going to put. Uh, we're going to do this, and we'll Somebody let's see. Let's see. We'll put a B for Bob and a D for Dave. Let's see who gets the most of these right. Are you guys ready, gentlemen, for your you are ready. scary movie quiz? I've got the bell going. Ready here? Okay. Number one. In which city does Rosemary's Baby take place? A, San Francisco. B, New York City. C, London, England. Let's start with Bob. San Francisco. I was going to guess San Francisco. Okay. It's London. New York City. New York. Huh? Yes, New Too York. obvious. New York City. Too yeah, obvious. I've walked by the apartment building myself. I know. Too obvious. Um, number two. In Halloween, Michael Myers, as a child, kills his teenage sister. What was her name? Was it A, 
Judith, B, Elizabeth, or C, Margaret? We'll start with you this time. Judith, Elizabeth, Margaret. Elizabeth. Judith, Elizabeth, or Margaret, Bob? I'm going to say Margaret for no reason. It's Judith. Judith. I'm, bring, I'm bringing home this. I think I'm going to bring home the cereal myself. You Hang on, David. You may have seen it. through the plot. <laughs> Nobody wants the cereals. Like, hey, we can have it. Number three. What year was the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre released? A, 1971, B, 1973, or C, 1974? Let's start with Bob. Four. 71, 73, 74. Well, just to change it, I'll say 73. Bob got it. Darn it. I was going to say 54, but I just didn't want to. <laughs> Did I was keep trying tying. to break the tie. <laughs> you didn't want to. We're both losing, Bob. Keep it that way. Um, number four. What is the highest grossing Stephen King film adaptation to date? Hmm. Is it A, the 1980s The Shining, B, 2017's It, or C, Misery. Dave. Misery. Misery. It. 2017's It. Yep. And a follow-up. Well, and part of that's not really fair. Was that in... Did they I don't equalize know. the dollars? Yeah, well, I... You know, because, yeah. because 2017 movies are going to make more than 1970 movies. Sure, 1980s, yeah. Um, follow-up question on that. And I'm very interested if anybody gets this one. The Loser Club... Reunites, that's from It, the Loser Club. Oh, Those okay. were the kids. Thank you. The Loser Club reunites after how many years uh, in It, Chapter 2? Does this sound familiar? A, 20 years, B, 25 years, or C, 27 years. Let's start with, who did oh, start with yeah. last time? Uh, Dave. 27. Bob. 27. Oh, tight. You know what? I'm not marking these down. Um, I'm so into He's it. He's one ahead. He's one ahead, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and you, okay, so, yep. Yeah, because it's always an odd year with King. It's never right. every 20 right. years. It's... But if you remember in uh, episode two when we talked to Stephen King, that was one of the trivia mm-hmm. questions as well. Um, no love for Lawnmower Man, huh? Jeepers no. Creepers is another good one. I Now, that one I own. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number six, what brand of doll is Chucky in the child plays, uh, child child's play franchise, and a shout out to my husband because that is his favorite of of the genres. A, your redheaded buddy doll. B, your good guy doll. Or C, your best friend doll. Let's start with. I can never remember Bob. I'm not needy. I'm not needy. My best friend. Best friend doll. Okay, buddy. <laughs> it's your good guy doll. Good guy. It's a good Neither guy doll. Again. Okay. Nope. Uh, number seven. It's a Chucky doll. What? Of course it's. <laughs> it's what a good do you mean? Doll. What kind of brand is it? Uh, which, by the way, I don't know if you watch the TV series, the Chucky TV series, but it's really good. It's okay. a very good Who's series. Who's the voice of Chucky in that? Mark Hamill. No, same same guy that did it originally. It's it's the same. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Jennifer Tilly is the. Well, uh, no one can duplicate Jennifer oh, Tilly's voice. And the, the second season was really good because they bring her sister in and it gets very funny. Uh, number seven, which horror movie has the most sequels? A, Friday the 13th, B, Halloween, C, Alien. We're going to start with Dave. Friday the 13th, Halloween, Alien. I'm going to go with Halloween. Friday the 13th. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Number eight. 
Okay. I knew it was an alien. Number eight. Which Marvel Universe actor starred in 2011's The Cabin in the Woods? Oh. A, Chris Hemsworth. B, Chris Evans. C, Chris Pratt. Start with Bob. I can't even picture Chris Pratt. Uh, star, uh, star, star Lord. Star Lord. Guardians of the oh, Galaxy. Okay. What were the numbers again? Uh, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, Chris Pratt. Thor, Captain America, or Star-Lord? Oh, even better. Star-Lord. Chris Hemsworth. He's a sociology major. And David has tied it up. Why is he acting so... I can't remember <laughs> yes. what that is. But, you know. Again, another... Why is he acting so macho? He's and I love that movie major. because it takes a bunch of genres yeah, and mixes them together. It, I watch it a lot. I do, too. Um, in fact, I just watched it not too long ago. Um, a lot, three times. <laughs> but th- that's one of those moments, again, when Chris Hemsworth, spoiler folks who was probably the probably the biggest known star at that point yeah. in that movie. Yeah. Um does <laughs> he was the first one to go in the most stupidest way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's like it, motorcycle, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like all of a sudden bam, it's like you it, the music builds and you think here's the hero going to do what he does and then it's like boom. Yeah. Nope. Dumb. Anyway, uh number 9, what year was the blob released? The first blob. Mhm. A 1960. B, 1954. C, 1958. Start with Bob. 58. 58. And they're still tied up, folks. Uh, no, I think. Oh, no, yeah. With the last yeah, one, I, we went back to a tie. Yeah. Yep, okay. Yep. Uh, number 10. What is the name of the demon who possesses Reagan in The Exorcist? Is it A, Beelzebub, B, Pazuzu, or C, Everex. Start with Dave. Everex. And Bob, Beezlebub, Pazuzu, or Everex? Pazuzu. And Bob's taking the lead. Ah. All right, number 11. I knew it wasn't Beezlebub. That's two. Yeah, I know. Uh, 1981's, wait, okay, I love this question. 1981's Evil Dead tells the story of a group of college friends who must survive against supernatural forces while in a remote cabin. Which college... Do they attend? Is it A, University of Michigan, B, Michigan State, or C, the Monroe Community College? University of Michigan. University of Michigan. Michigan State? Michigan State. Wow, I knew it wasn't Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's a, that was a given. Number 12, which two colors make up Freddy Krueger's striped sweater? A, red and white. B, red and green. C, red and beige. Start with Bob. Red and beige. Dave, red and white, red and green, red and beige. I was thinking red and gray. I'm going to say green. Red and green. And Dave has tied it up again. All right. Uh, 13, where does the thing, the second one, take place? Oh, I already gave it away. A, Antarctica. B, Arctic Circle, C, Washington, D.C. Oh, it's cold. <laughs> A lot of monsters. Um, uh, where does this thing, thing take place, Bob? Antarctica, Arctic Circle, Washington, D.C. see Arctic Circle. Okay, Dave. Antarctica. And the first Dave one took place in the, in the Arctic, Arctic. The Arctic Circle, yep. I mentioned it earlier in this episode. So Number 14. On the first day, on the first Friday the 13th film, how many people 
does Jason murder? <laughs> All of them. A, five. B, eight. C, none. Start with Dave. Five, eight, or none? Five. Five. Read me the question again. On the first Friday the 13th film, how many people does Jason murder? Five, eight, or none? I want to say none because his mom did all the killing. Uh, yep. We're tied again. And you're tied. Last question, gentlemen. Either I, y'all I get. I never watched Friday the 13th that closely, I guess. So. Um, okay, here it comes. But you're right. It was the mom. Which real life serial murderer is indirectly based on Psycho? A. Gary Ridgway. B. Edmund Kemper. Or C, Ed Gein. And we'll start with Bob. Gary Ridgway, Edmund Kemper, Ed Gein. Ed Gein. No reason. Gary Ridgway, Edmund Kemper, Ed Gein. Ridgway. One of you got it. Who gets the prize? Who gets it? It's Bob. Okay. Bob won. It's surreal, of course. <laughs> surreal <laughs> no. killer. Here's something interesting about Ed Gein. Ed Gein wasn't... I don't know who any of those... I know. That, well, because I took them all back. I wasn't going to say, like... Get sick with the flu and be on the internet for way too long, and then you find out all... <laughs> Ed Gein wasn't actually a serial killer. He only admitted to killing two women. Rather, he was a body snatcher who had an obsession with his deceased mother, Augusta. After his mother passed away, Gein was the sole survivor of his family. He was a loner who lived on a farm, made a living in, uh, as a handyman in Plainfield, Wisconsin. In 1957, after the town's hardware store owner, Bernice Warden, went missing, Gein being the last person uh, was seen with her at the store. After he was arrested, authorities searched his home and not only found Warden's decapitated body, but also a museum of horrors they could only possibly couldn't possibly imagine. Inside Gein's farmhouse was an array of human body parts. Yep. Skulls used as bed posts, waste baskets and chair seats made out of human skin, nine salted vulvas in a shoebox, leggings made from leg skin, a belt made out of nipples, and face masks from female skin. Gentlemen, he was the original recycler. Ugh. Yes. Um, after admitting dark. to the murders, I know that was dark. Actually, my husband gave me the joke. Uh, after Shame admi- <laughs> on you, David. Shame. After admitting to the murders of both Bernice and uh, tavern owner Mary Hogan, uh, the latter whom he killed in 1950, 1954, Gein revealed that the rest of the body parts scattered about the house came from stealing female corpses from local cemeteries. His goal was to make a bodysuit made of human flesh in order to slink back into his mother's skin. That's, That's just too Hector. Or I wonder cannibal, why the Vaseline. Hannibal Lecter. Lecter. Yeah. yeah. I wonder why this wasn't picked up by Vaseline as one of their skincare items. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about Um but gentlemen, that that is uh, our our show for today, uh, for this episode. We will be back. Actually, we'll be back in a few minutes because uh, we're recording these two at a time. And I'm not doing a rest in peace because I thought I'd leave it uh, while we recorded a second one. A lot of people died. <laughs> 
Yes, but but none were killed by uh, Jason in the first movie. Um, that you know of. That we know of. That's true. Uh, but we want to thank everybody for listening. We wanted to. Uh, I want to thank you two gentlemen for um, um, coming as always, uh, coming here and doing this. Uh, Ron, we truly did uh, miss you. This episode, uh, we want to thank the um, Impact Studios here high atop the. Uh, Benish building in beautiful downtown Monroe. And um, uh, we'll be back in two weeks with another Halloween special. Uh, until then, happy haunting and stay off our lawn. <laughs>